I asked my friends on social media this week if they, like me, hear the voices. Voices of negativity and doubt when they sit down to make stuff they care about. They answered with a resounding yes. They even shared some of what those voices say to them. And it was both brutal and familiar. This voice said they weren't good enough, that they were too late or too behind or too old to ever catch up. It said they aren't worthy, that they don't deserve to succeed, that they are surely to fail if they take the risk, and so they better play it safe and just not even try. The voices said, what is the point of even doing this when the market is so saturated already? when someone has already done this and done it better. That no one cares about art right now because the state of the world. Just from this one post where my friends and colleagues and acquaintances were willing to be vulnerable and share with the world and one another, the struggles happening inside of our heads, it made me realize now more than ever how much we need to talk about this, to shed some light on it. These voices are toxic and harmful and blaring so loudly in our heads. Sometimes they even stop us in our tracks. So this podcast is for Jennifer, Henry, Catherine, Amanda, Alex, Derek, Barbie, Sam, and Sammy, Rebecca, Christiana, Garrick, Jessica, Brianna, Ward, Sarah, Aaron, Robin, Allie, Mike, Bradley, and Amy. It's for anyone who has the voices chastising, accusing, or discouraging them. It's for artists who want to tune in to their inner dialogue and amplify the other voice, the uplifting and supportive one that's also within us. This show is for anyone interested in debunking that tortured artist stereotype, for those who want to believe that the creative life can bring us deep satisfaction, healing, and even joy. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Meredith Height Estevez, and this is Artists for Joy, the podcast. Each week, I will share stories of artists seeking joy. We'll explore how so many travelers along this The Artist's Way have left us breadcrumbs, wisdom and inspiration that can help us stay joyful on the journey. This week on the podcast, tuning in to your inner dialogue. I'll tell you all about my inner mean girl, as well as my inner champion, and I'll give you some ideas for tuning out the negative. Plus, I'll share an exciting offering I am preparing for listeners of the podcast, and I will give you something to consider this week. But first, here's some more music. this summer, I found myself on a Zoom call. My camera off, my microphone muted, my eyes closed. The facilitator was leading us through a visualization exercise. She had us envision ourselves in a car, driving down the road. We were then to visualize ourselves turning on the radio, 
in the imaginary car. Pretending our inner dialogue was playing there for all to hear, we were told to turn it up. At that moment, my inner voice was saying, what am I doing here at this workshop anyway? Why would I think this would be helpful for someone like me? I can't even do imaginary activities right. Basically, the voice was doing what it typically does. Naysaying all the way down the road. Toxic, unsupportive, judgmental, lacking in imagination, complaining, negative. By the way, the workshop was part of a training course I attended earlier this summer with an amazing organization who inspired much of today's content, but more on that later. The radio stations in our minds. Maybe, like my friends I mentioned at the top of the show, you are familiar. When you go to make art or try something new, do you hear, what is the point of doing this? It's not going to be good enough. Or, this is such a waste of time. Or one of my favorites, who do you think you are? Leave it to the real pros. Does your inner voice remind you that you are an imposter? Does it, under the guise of protecting you, of course, tell you it's better not to try than to try and fail? Well, as you likely know by now, you are not alone. So for today's episode, I offer you three parts, each with a tip, skills that I've learned through that training workshop, but also through some trial and error in my own artistic life of late. And for those who like this sort of thing, I even made you a worksheet with all this information right there in one place, so you can go and download that when the time comes. But for now, here's part one. Broadcasting live from Mean Girl Central. Everyone has encountered friends like this at some point in their lives, am I right? They say things like, you know, when I first met you, I didn't really like you, but... Or, no judgment, but are you sure you want to wear that? You hear them say things behind people's backs, no judgment. After a while, you realize they're talking about you like that, too, when you're not around. They're your typical mean girls. You know, from the classic 2004 comedy of the same name. After the imaginary trip in the car with our negative self-talk on the radio, this is the persona I chose for my negative self-talk. It's catty and dark and has a fragile ego. It thinks it knows what is cool and acceptable, and no judgment, but that's just how it is. The mean girls inside my head think in absolutes, black and white. You're either in or you're out. These voices are particularly insidious because they act all nice to my face. The mean girl's toxicity is always hidden under the guise of helpfulness or protection. Well, bless your heart, you should not do that, because failing would be really embarrassing. Or, you know, it's hard for me to say this to you, but I'm really worried about you. This is just not something that's in your skill set, so you should probably just quit while you're ahead. Or behind. Or, she'll give me these ultimatums, these lines, 
Making a podcast is so last year. No one cares about that anymore. Once again, you're late to the game, and this is just a giant waste of time. No judgment. The worst part is my inner mean girl, my negative self-talk. Well, her voice sounds just like my voice. When I turned up that radio station during that visualization, I heard myself talking. And it was so hard not to believe it. The mean girl is in cahoots with so many of the difficult teachers I had had in my life. Because mean girl gets results. She's a taskmaster. The part of me that's never happy, never satisfied, always worrying and warning forecasting failure and disappointment and doing it all under the guise of someone who cares. So yeah, that radio station in that imaginary car was broadcasting live from Mean Girl Central. But just naming her for what she is, for referring to her, almost in a silly way, in third person, it gave her less power. It helped me see her for the weakling that she is, her insecurities, her fear. It made me realize that I could decide to turn the volume down. So here's the first tip. Give your inner negative voice a persona. Maybe for you it sounds like your first violin teacher or some ambiguous darkness spewing doubt and meanness into your life. Maybe it sounds so much like you that you can't separate it from yourself. But try. Name it. Ask yourself, how old is it? Where does it work? What is its favorite catchphrase? Part two, the Guatemalan pastor with a man bun. After the imaginary car trip with Mean Girl Radio on blast, we were asked then to turn down that station, thank God, and then locate another station, the voice of the inner champion. Do you have an inner dialogue that's positive? The inner voices that cheer you on and give you hope? I wasn't sure I had one. It was hard in the workshop in that moment. The mean girls had been so easy to identify. I realized then that I, like so many other musicians and artists I know, had used the negative voices to my advantage. It felt impossible to dismantle that voice, to consciously decide to not trust it anymore. The mean girls had me drinking coffee all day and not eating while I was preparing for my Juilliard audition. It had me scared, head down, for weeks, studying for the entrance exams, and since I got in, it just furthered the belief that that toxic and caustic voice was to be trusted and listened to. That is, if I wanted to get ahead in life. 
So it struck me at this point in the workshop, the inner champion signal was impossible for me to locate at first. The mean girls had blocked the frequency. Maybe that's your experience too. Every time I would try to go there in my mind, I would end up rolling my eyes. And hear the mean girl say, I do not need this power of positivity stuff. I don't need mantras and fake self-help mumbo-jumbo to help me get results. This is for weak people. The mean girl signal is strong, okay? But a few weeks after the workshop, during a long chat with my husband after a hard day, I realized it. If my negative self-talk, my inner mean girl, was a Juilliard grad with coffee breath and pointy fingers, then my inner champion was a laid-back Guatemalan percussionist slash philosopher with a man bun in a clergy collar. The way that I finally found my own inner champion was to notice and trust an outer one. When I met my husband, Edwin, I was sort of in awe of the way he moved through the world. I was deeply perplexed by all the apparent opposites within him. Presbyterian minister and rock reggae drummer. He's read everything by Ernest Hemingway and he's seen Dave Matthews in concert a dozen times. He moved through the world on his own unique timeline. We now call it Guatemalan time. And yet, he's deeply invested in the future and has tremendous energy towards making things happen right now. He's often smiling and joyful and gregarious, but deep or sometimes melancholy, reflective and serious. I married him for lots of reasons, but lately as I've been trying to find the signal for my champion radio, I realized that I had hitched my wagon to someone like him because he could help me stand up to the mean girls in my head. See, Edwin's approach to the mean girl voices is countercultural. He's not about status quo at all. If we stay with the high school metaphor, Edwin was like one of those popular kids who wasn't even trying to be popular. His voice is kind and authentic and gracious. When they go low, we go high, like Michelle Obama says. And Edwin is always making me go higher, but not by first tearing me down. My inner champion is currently being trained by a Guatemalan pastor with a man bun. Technically, he cut his hair, but he did have a ponytail when we first met, and <laughs> this is an important part of my champion's countercultural persona. <laughs> this is his band you're hearing, by the way. I learned from Edwin to come to the world with an outlook of abundance instead of scarcity, with nuance and generosity and grace. Maybe you can already hear your champion. Maybe your champion doesn't need a trainer like mine does. But if it does, allow me to remind you that you'll know you've heard the champion voice when it sounds forgiving, 
patient, understanding, gracious, and hopeful. Champions believe there are an abundance of paths, art supplies, time, whatever we may need along the journey. Champions know that we are large and contain multitudes, that we can be both a pastor and a reggae drummer, that we are on our own timeline, Guatemalan or otherwise. Champions know that failure is a bruise, not a tattoo. So spend some time jotting down some traits of your inner champion, whether you can hear it now or not. Write a few mantras that that positive voice might whisper to you until you have the courage to turn up the volume of that station full blast. Part three, don't water the rocks. Facts over feelings. Goodness knows I love feelings. (laughs) Feelings seem so real to me. My mood can sweep me up and carry me away with an entire afternoon in its wake. Per last week's episode, episode 18, I've been working to choose better feelings, to stop watering the rocks, so to speak, to spend time nurturing the things that are alive and fruitful and thirsty, instead of emptying myself for things that will never yield fruit. When I'm listening to the mean girls in my head, it may seem, at first, to be productive, but in the end, it's like watering rocks. It will eventually make me crash and burn out. My champion is pushing me these days to drown out the volume of that voice, to find another more sustainable way of moving forward, one that feels joyful, supportive, and at the moment, a little tenuous. But one way I've been doing that lately that's been helping is to put facts over feelings. Maybe I do really feel insecure about making this podcast But the fact is, I'm still new at this. It's only my 19th episode. So that feeling, in a way, is pretty expected. Maybe you are spiraling into shame about not winning an award. But the fact is, your work was not yet on the judge's radar in the way you wanted it to be. Maybe your negative self-talk says that What you are making is not good enough. But the fact is, there are parts in it that may need some tweaking. But that is telling you where to go next. The facts allow you to take stock. They aren't overly dramatic or delusional. They often offer clarity for me. It tells me what I'm truly dealing with, what it is I really want. Sometimes when I'm done stating the facts, the champion offers me a counteraction that's a type of antidote to the paralyzing, pessimistic mean girls. 
I was shocked at first how hard this exercise was to sift through the feelings to find the facts. So ask yourself, what is true right now? What can I ask for more clarification around? What concrete evidence do I have that something is factually true versus a feeling that feels like truth? And sometimes when you look at the facts, there may still be things that aren't easy to swallow. Like maybe your feelings about failure are what's holding you back from trying. The facts can shed light on how your feelings have affected you or why you may have acted the way you did. Ask a trusted inner or outer champion to share some facts with you. Feelings are not facts. Thoughts are not facts. Locating the bottom line of what we're really dealing with in a situation with the supportive and loving champion by your side can be freeing and fruitful. So write five facts about your current situation that might turn up the volume of your inner champion's voice. So, to recap, number one, personify your inner negative voice. Speak of them in third person. See if this weakens their power. Two, who is an outer champion who can help you locate your inner one? What do they sound like? Write a few mantras that can help put that voice on full blast. And three, honor facts over feelings and use their power to clarify where you should go next and let them amplify your inner champion. You can brainstorm all of this on our worksheet, which you can find by clicking the link in the show notes. Don't go away. I'll be right back. Today's listener question came from Facebook. Someone asked, Meredith, I love your posts and your show and was wondering if you ever do one-to-one coaching with artists who are struggling finding joy in their creative practice. Well, thanks so much for asking that question. Uh, Funny you should ask because this workshop I was describing in the podcast about the inner voices, it was actually part of my coaching training that I got to do this past summer through an amazing UK-based organization called Graydon, and they specialize in coaching in an educational setting. And so it was an amazing opportunity for me this summer to learn about coaching and to work to develop my own practice as a coach, which will focus on artists and creative folks. So now that I have some training, the next step is to do some one-to-one coaching sessions with those who want to help me get some hours under my belt. So if you are interested in having a coach, by the way, if that word is unfamiliar to you, coaching, at least in the tradition that I am training in, is a future-focused, non-directive form of help. We work together 
coach and coachee to help uncover what matters most to you and how to be the best version of yourself moving forward in your life. I have a certain number of free one-to-one coaching spots for listeners of the podcast specifically, and you can go to artistforjoy.org slash coaching and sign up. Here's something to consider this week. The term radio originates from a type of electromagnetic radiation discovered by the German physicist Heinrich Hertz. In the late 1880s, Hertz demonstrated how electromagnetic or radio waves radiated across the ether at the speed of light. Fun fact, we still measure the waves in units bearing his name, Hertz, and by the 1920s, a radio or a wireless was a staple in most middle to upper class households. In these days of information overload, we can forget that the invention of the radio was the ushering in of the modern age of instantaneous mass communication. As radios developed, they gained even more selectivity and sensitivity to signals, meaning they could filter through all the noise of the ether to present the strongest and clearest stations, while being sensitive enough to pick up transmissions that were being blocked or perhaps shielded by large structures or were distant and weak. The best radios are both selective and sensitive. So my question for you today is this. What do you hear across the airwaves of your inner thoughts? Have you noticed which signal your internal antenna is most likely to pick up, especially when you are outside of your comfort zone? What is blocking the broadcast of your most supportive and encouraging self? How can you get to higher ground or wrap the receiver in aluminum foil? (laughs) How can you start believing that no matter how distant or weak the signal may be, that your inner champion is out there, somewhere broadcasting in spite of the noise? Speaking of noise, what is your signal-to-noise ratio? What feedback or reverb or static or gossip or blatant judgmentalism do you need to turn down or tune out in order to hear the helpful, encouraging, countercultural signal more clearly? Just like we can choose a better feeling, we can choose who we listen to. We can keep turning the dial until the inner champion radio drowns out the negative and toxic inner talk. Maybe it will take practice and strategy to access it, to trust it. But I promise you it's there if you listen hard enough. And it gets louder the longer you listen. Lucky for us, we artists know something already about being sensitive. But my hope is that we will all be more selective with these inner frequencies, like the highest tech radio out there, amplifying the hurts that heal instead of harm. Go ahead, turn it up. 
That's it for this week's episode of Artists for Joy. It was written and produced by me, Meredith Height Estevez. This podcast is made possible by the generous support of Grace Church in Wilmington, Delaware, and is a partnership between Lumina Arts Incubator and the University of Delaware School of Music. Today featured the Chamber Orchestra of New York playing music of Respighi, Mozart, and Mahler. You also heard the sounds of my outer champion, Mylin and the Sour Goat, featuring the Reverend Edwin Estevez on percussion. Our theme song is by Angela Sheik. Special thanks to the folks at Graydon for the idea of our inner radio transmissions and for their fabulous coaching resources that I am still unpacking. Learn more by visiting their website, graydon.com. That's G-R-A-Y-D-I-N.com. And don't forget to sign up for your free coaching session before I run out of space. If you want to work on your negative self-talk or if you just want support as a creative, an artist, a student, etc., I am here to help. Visit artistforjoy.org slash coaching. Don't forget to download your worksheet and all these links are ready for you in the show notes. I'm honored to be one of the frequencies you selected to hear today and I will see you next week. For this week's Sounds of Joy, I couldn't resist uh, just playing a little bit more of Mylin the Sour Goat. Uh, so I hope it brings you joy. Mm-hmm.